You are listening to A Path to New You, a podcast about mental health and veterans' issues. I am your host, Timothy Zaromsky. I am a therapist located in Madison, Wisconsin. I am also a veteran. I served in the United States, United States Navy from 2001 to 2009. You can find this podcast currently on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible. And it's all free. You can listen to it for free. And I plan on putting on some other platforms in the in the near future. I do have a Facebook page uh, for this podcast as well. It's called The Path to New You as well, where I post information on self-care, veterans' issues, mental health issues, as well as a link to this podcast. So if you can't find it, just please like and follow my Facebook page, and the link will be there for my podcast. Click on it. And it should take you to that platform. And then please follow my podcast so that you will get a notification when I have a new episode up. And once you listen to an episode, please rate it and please review it. I'd really appreciate it. This podcast is sponsored by New Beginnings Counseling, LLC, a veteran and private practice. They're currently seeing patients via Zoom through telehealth, but eventually they'll go to 50-50, 50% telehealth and 50% in person. Uh, They do not have a wait list. Um, They'll actually also come to you if you don't have transportation. And they are currently private pay, and they will work with you if you can't afford what they charge. We do have a sliding scale, so we work with whatever you make. Uh, we'll do like a sliding scale. They specialize in anger management, PTSD, depression, anxiety, and addiction. If you have any questions, you can call or text the number 608-571-3896. You can also call them and set up an appointment that way as well. Again, that number is 608-571-3896. We also, they also have a Facebook page, also known as New Beginnings Counseling, LLC. So you can reach out there through Messenger if, if needed. Please like, and, please like that Facebook page as well. Because I post, I post all kinds of stuff on there about mental health and veterans issues. Again, that number is 608-571-3896. They do not have a wait list. We do have several openings available. So if you have again, if you have questions, that number is 608-571-3896. So this podcast, I do an episode oh once a week. One a week. I try to do one a week. Sometimes it's every other week, sometimes it's once a month, depending how busy I am with everything going on. But lately it's been an episode a week. Every week I have a new topic. The goal is to educate those who um, 
I should say the the goal is to educate people on mental health as well as veterans issues. I do have guests on the show. And uh, if you know anyone or you'd like to be a guest on my show, please contact me. Again, you have that number I, I mentioned. Also, you can contact me through the Facebook page of Path to a New You as well. The more guests, the better, uh, since it's basically just me talking right now. A couple weeks ago, I did have a guest, and that turned out, that episode turned out really well. I do have a few guests coming up. One is on hoarding, H O A R D I N G. She specializes in it. She actually used to be, uh, she used to share the uh, office I have. I had two rooms in a reception area, and she rented out one of the rooms. Um, so I know her pretty well. Her name is Margo. I know her pretty well. She is going to be a guest on this show sometime in November. And then I do have another friend of mine who's going to be a guest sometime in January. She's going to be talking about perfectionism. And I do have a few other people who I've asked to become guests on this show. One of them um, is a member of the auxiliary department of the VFW. A lot of people uh, know all about the VFW, but don't know there's other departments within the VFW. So she's going to be a guest sometime as well. So I'm looking forward to that. Again, if you or you know someone who'd like to be a guest on the show who's either a veteran or you work in the mental health field and you specialize in certain something you think be interesting um, as a topic for this podcast, please reach out. Today's episode, I want to talk about the youth mental health crisis. The last few months, it's been all over the news. And today I want to talk about it. I want to talk about what exactly is the mental health crisis, um, factors of why it's happening, as well as those things you can do to help the situation. If you have kids, the ways you can help and support them. So that is the episode for today, the topic for today. It's on the the youth mental health crisis. So we've been talking quite a bit. Me, we as in like the media, therapists, psychologists, anyone in the mental health field, we've been talking about the, the youth mental health for quite some time. And leading up to the pandemic, I'd say about a decade leading up to it, it's been getting worse. So it's now considered a crisis. So, especially during the pandemic, when the pandemic happened, things got worse. Uh, there were the persistent feelings of sadness and hopelessness, especially during the pandemic, as well as suicidal thoughts and behaviors increased by about 40% among young, young people, according to the CDC. So we're talking about about a decade leading up to the pandemic and then the pandemic happened that's when everything shut down 
schools were now being virtual. Kids, students weren't used to that. That's everything changed because now you're now they're seeing now they're in school virtually, not in person. I don't know about you or about your students, but when I was I'd rather be in person in school than virtually. I mean I've gotten used to that over the over the last few years of doing online schooling for my doctorate, but yeah, it's you know, these students, these kids, the kids are first, second, kindergarten, third grade. They're used to the being in person, and all of a sudden they're doing their school virtually, which is a whole different thing, because now they're at home. And then, yeah, so the their um, feelings of sadness and hopelessness increase. So if they were feeling like that while well, in, in school, just imagine going home and all of a sudden you're you're not used to this, their hopelessness and all that stuff is through the roof. In addition to the social isolation academic disruption nearly all children and teens faced, many also lost caregivers or friends through COVID-19. Also, their parents lost jobs too, due to the fact those layoffs and such. And then there are also victims of physical or emotional abuse at home as well. So your kids are, I got the uh, mental health stuff going on. And then their parents are arguing because they're stressed out. And then they see the emotionally and physically abused. And, and then their parents lose the job. So their parents are stressed out too. So they see that. Kids take it in because they're at home as well. Just think about that for a minute. All these difficulties on top of growing concerns about social media, mass violence, natural disasters, climate change, and of course all the political stuff going on. Not to mention the mentions of the ups and downs, you know, during their childhood and adolescent stuff with puberty and all that stuff. So all that's gone through their brain and all that. And then just imagine all the top stuff. Finally, they're like just stressed out. Just think about that for a minute. So here they are. They don't know what to do. They're kids. They don't know what to do. They're frustrated. They see their parents frustrated. So it all takes a toll on it. So the um, during the pandemic and throughout the pandemic, there, there was a source I just found stating that across the United States, more than 200,000 children lost a parent or primary caregiver uh, to COVID-19. That's a lot of people. The CDC also reports that during the pandemic, 29% of U.S. high school students had a parent or caregiver who lost her job. 55% were emotionally abused by a parent or caregiver, and 11% were physically abused as well. The CDC also reports that 
Um, they also found that girls who are LGBTQ plus youth and those who have experienced racism were more likely to have poor mental health during the pandemic. And that's even gotten worse. Like through the pandemic and now with all the political stuff going on too, can you imagine having being a, a kid who's um and they're LGBTQ and now they're facing all this racism, all this anti stuff going on. So their mental health's gotten worse. Contributing factors likely include the stigma. You know, the mental health stigma is still there. It's improved throughout the years. It improved a lot, some. I won't say a lot, some during the pandemic because that's when everybody was starting to say, you know what, this mental health thing is actually a big deal. And it's not, it's not a bad thing. And you're not considered weak when you're going to see help. Um, through a psychologist or therapist. You also got discrimination and online bullying. Social media has been a big part of that where these kids who are at Facebook and they have TikTok and they have all this other stuff and they're out bullying these people, these kids. They're bullying each other. Female students also report much higher levels of sexual violence than their male peers which can further harm mental health. Also, biology also appears to be a, play a role as well. You know, with puberty, um, puberty has been dropping for decades, which means, you know, they're getting more mature earlier. Negative messages include online bullying, I just mentioned that, and unrealistic standards around physical appearances. Again, that social media is a big part of that where uh, these kids are seeing uh, these um, models and whatnot who are like skinny and they uh, glorify that. The media glorifies that and then these kids are like, you know what, I need to be like that because that's what I want to look like. That also appears to have a detrimental effect, um, but there's more research needs to be done on that. Finally, structure factors that affect millions of U.S. children, including poverty, food insecurity, homelessness, and lack of access to health care and educational opportunities can lead to stress response patterns that are known to underlie mental health challenges. Let me read that again. So factors that affect millions of children across the U.S., uh, poverty, food insecurity, homelessness, and lack of access to mental health and educational purposes. So these uh, school lunches, you know, some of these kids, their only meal is their school meal, or their only full meal would be their meal during lunch at school, and a lot of these kids can't afford it because their family are poor, you know, and they're, po they're, in, they're in poverty. So the government, some of these governments are trying to help provide school lunches for these kids. And that affects mental health, too. Can you imagine going hungry all day? And the only thing you got at home is maybe like a piece of toast or something. Whereas in school, you know, you can't just provide the school lunches where... They provide, they um, 
they provide a full meal. So that's that's another thing. So parents can also affect um, the children's mental health. You did talk about social media and uh, like school peers at school and whatnot too. I did talk a little bit about parents, how parents can uh, affect the children, child's mental health. But I want to go into that a little bit more. Again, I find a lot of this information on online. You know, I try to do my research and whatnot. Um, so yeah, and here's uh, parents who can affect their child's mental health. So each time a parent faces a difficult challenge, whether it's family turmoil or emotional distress, it takes a toll on them in a variety of ways. Uh, this is called Adverse Childhood Experiences, or ACEs for short. And some of them may include being a victim of violence, abuse, or neglect at home. Witnessing violent acts in your home or the community. A family member attempting or committing suicide. Substance abuse. Mental health problems. Having parents who are separated or divorced. And a household member who is incarcerated. Uh, they state one in three children under the age of 18 deal with at least one adverse childhood experience while 14% experience two or more of those ACEs. I'm talking about the adverse. I'm talking about the ACEs with the, um, my mind just went blank. That happens sometimes. The adverse childhood experiences or ACEs, those are some of the experiences I was just talking about. So let me read that again. One in three children under the age of 18 do with at least one adverse childhood experience or ACE, while 14% experience two or more of those, according to data from the National Survey of Children's Health. About a quarter of the time, divorces or separations are responsible for the ACEs as well. So adverse experience doesn't guarantee a future problem. Rather, it heightens a child's future risk of mental health problems, injury, risky behaviors, infectious or chronic diseases, and a lack of income, income or educational opportunities. Most notably, as it relates to this topic, ACEs can increase the risk of depression, anxiety, suicide, and PTSD. The CDC estimates as many as 21 million cases of depression could have potentially avoided by shielding children from these adverse experiences. So everything that's going on at home, these kids are seeing it, they're witnessing and all that, and all that with all their own things going on with puberty and you know, then their their situation at school, they're being bullied or anything like that, all that adds up. All that goes in and the um down the road, they can be experienced um, depression, anxiety, even suicide attempts or PTSD. And imagine these are kids who are growing up. These kids aren't fully mature yet. They're anywhere from kindergarten to through high school, and they're seeing this in 
their um in their homes. There are different types of uh, parenting styles that could affect your child's mental health as well. Uh, there's the authoritarian. There's four different types that I'm going to talk about. The authoritarian. Uh, these, um, this parenting style are clear rules and punishment when those rules aren't met. But there's a little warmth involved. And the structured environment is more of my way or the highway type attitude. Without needed support, children may never feel they're good enough. And that can develop in depression when raised by authoritarian parents. So that's the it's my way or the highway type. You may think when you're doing that as a as a parent that's a good thing, but and parents, when these kids need support and they feel like, oh, I'm not doing anything right, that can lead to depression, which, you know, down the road could lead to suicidal ideation and all that. And then um, when they're raised by their those type of parents. And then there's the authoritative type. Uh, these parents develop clear standards and are responsive to their children's needs in a democratic way. Instead of being the boss, they are open to communication and will listen to their children. Growing up in an authoritarian household provides a child with a solid foundation, but they're also likely to maintain a strong connection with their parents through adulthood. Then you have the permissive parenting type. Um, expectations are low, and permissive parents generally are more lenient and have few rules to abide by. Even when rules are broken, permissive parents tend to avoid conflicts. Without much grounding, children raised like this may be more impulsive and prone to seeking risks. Anxiety and depression risks are also in play. And then the last one I talk about is the uninvolved parenting style. The least restrictive of the four Uninvolved parents are simply that they're uninterested and invest little time with their children. Parents who are uninvolved generally have little communication or involvement with their kids. Rules matter little to them, and they don't enforce misbehaving. Children in these types of households are more at risk of struggling in future relationships due to withdrawal and fear of abandonment. Relationships in general maybe anxiety provoking due to the nature of their upbringing. Those are just four of the parenting types. I also want to talk a little bit about how the mental health um, of their parents and children and how it's strongly connected. Fathers are important for their children's mental health, just their fathers being there. Fathers are important for promoting children's mental health, as, although they're not often included in research studies as, as the mothers are. Uh, the recent study that took place looked at fathers and other male caregivers and found similar connections between their mental health and their ch child's general and mental health as for mothers and other female caregivers. So fathers are important in the family.
A recent study asked parents um, and caregivers about their mental health. And one in 14 children under the age of 1 to 17 had a parent who reported poor mental health. And those children were more likely to have poor mental health, to have a mental, emotional, or developmental disability, to have adverse childhood experiences such as exposure to violence or family disruptions, including divorce, and to be living in poverty. So parents have a huge, parents have a, an important role in a child's mental health as well. So being a good parent definitely helps. There's different types of parenting that that helps the child. Like I mentioned, authoritarian may not may not be the best because that just creates the, the kid having those emotions about like, oh, you know what, I'm not worth it. I can't get anything right. To those who are uninvolved, which technically the parents like there, but not really because the parents not supportive. And then again, they're in the school has an important part, just the school counselors, teachers where they're supportive, as well has a huge role in the child's mental health. Because imagine that they're spending eight hours a day at school, five days a week. Actually, depending where you are, uh, some countries they have school year round. Or it's 365 days a year, close to. United States, not so much right now. But the child is at school for eight hours a day, which means they are there with the teachers and school counselors and principals and all that. So school is another importance to the child's mental health. So schools are getting more involved. They're more involved with the kids. Uh, psychologists and mental health professionals are finding ways to improve their school environment. Uh, school counselors are more involved with the kids, checking up on the kids, especially after the pandemic happened. They want to make sure the kids are okay. There's lots of resources out there for parents who are interested in this kind of stuff. Um, Google is a is a good resource just look up school counselors or school school and mental health a lot of stuff comes up for that the next thing i want to talk about is how to help on tips on how the tips for parents on how to help their kids with their mental health so the last part of this episode i want to talk about uh, tips on for uh, parents to help their kids. Just a few tips. I do have a lot of resources available um, since I do work with adolescents. The youngest I've worked with is nine. Um, that's the youngest I've worked with. So I do have some resources and stuff to help kids who are struggling with depression, anxiety, anger, and all that stuff. So um, you can always reach out to me. And if your child needs help or support, I'd be willing to help out any way I can. So here's some of the tips. Uh, some of them I found online. They're just basic tips. Uh, first of all, just 
you know, let's say cover the basics. You know, this person, this this child, if your child is uh, struggling, um, they're misbehaving. There's always something going on. Um, whether they're, you know, they could be hungry, thirsty. You know, especially if they're younger, they don't know how to express. The only way they know how to express their feelings. Or if they have a situation, the only way they can express this is for like angry outbursts. Um, make sure they get enough sleep. Do they get enough sleep? Children need at least eight hours of sleep. Um, do they have a cold? Do they have a headache, upset stomach? Again, another one would be pick your battles. Ask yourself if this uh, certain behavior that they're they're acting up. Um, is it really harming you or them? Or is it just more annoying than anything? Um, if they're just being annoying, uh, probably isn't worth arguing over. So pick your battles. Um, the environment is a, is a big one. Um, do your best to create a home that is low on stress, safe, and supportive. Yes, you can quote-unquote a Mary Poppins type of household would be great. Um, just being there, supportive, low stress. Um, just being supportive is like after school asking how their day is. You know, if you if they get an afternoon snack, sit down with them, talk to them, say, "Hey, how was your day? How's uh, you know, what's going on?" Being supportive for them. Um, encourage communication. Let your child know that, hey, you know, communicate. Communication is key. Let them know, hey, if you're having a situation, let me know. Let us know. Let, let us know so we know what's going on. Uh, timing, again, is everything. In a stressful situation, allow your child some space and address issues later when they have regained control of themselves. Otherwise... I'm sorry, my, I don't think I can hear that, but my, um, I'm getting texts, <laughs> so that's kind of a little annoying, my bad. Um, timing is everything, make sure, you know, in a stressful situation, allow your child some space, address issues, the issue later when everything is calmed down. Um, again, create a calm atmosphere a child in crisis and out of control cannot rely on reason take time talk about it later help them help to help themselves just say you know just educate them on what's good what's bad stuff like that um tackle troubling thoughts you know work things out talk things out uh creating routine definitely helps um, routines give a sense of stability to children and teens, especially those who struggle with anxiety. Uh, keep both bedtime and morning in mind. Make sure they go to bed the same time every day, every night. Make sure they wake up around the same time every day. Um, again, the Sleep Foundation rec recommends 9 to 11 hours of sleep for children. 
ages 6 to 13, and 8 to 10 of hours of sleep for teenagers ages 14 to 17. Uh, breakfast is very important. Make sure it's a healthy breakfast, low sugar. Um, check your tone. You know, you could be upset at them. Make sure you're not yelling. Yelling probably won't help anything. Talk with other parents. See what other parents do. Um, one parent may be doing this, may help their, their children. Another parent may be doing that and see what, what they're doing. I mean, there's so many other different tips that are out there. Just being a parent. Um, there's resources out there. Just Google's... Uh, Google is an important resource. Look something up. If you have questions, always contact me. And I have resources as well. Anyway, um, that does about it for this episode. Again, if you could follow my Facebook page, A Path to a New You, on Facebook. And uh, if you could follow this podcast on Either the Apple Podcast platform, Google Podcast, um, Apple, not Apple, but Amazon Music, Audible, and Spotify. If you just click on follow and you click on, there's, I think there's like a bell single, symbol. Click on that so you get notification when I have a new episode up. And when you're done listening to my episodes, can you please review and rate it? I'd appreciate it. Um, I think I've only gotten one or two reviews lately, and I'm trying to get more people to review it and rate it as well. So I know, hey, this is what I could be doing better. Um, again, if you know of anyone who wants to be a guest on my show or you want to be a guest on my show, please reach out. Um, I'm trying to get more people involved in this podcast because, <laughs> seriously, if it's just me talking... I'm sure I get boring after a while. I like to get more people who are more experienced and specialize on different um, different areas of the mental health field who know more about a certain topic than I do. For example, this episode, I know some about the the um, childhood child uh, mental health crisis, the youth mental health crisis, but I'm sure there's more people out there who know more about it, who are experiencing it more than I do. And it would have been great to find a guest for this podcast. So I did my best. I looked up information. I pretty much did my best, you know, kind of tell a little bit about it and some tips. Um, again, I do have a few uh, guests coming up. Uh, next month, I have one for hoarding. That should be an interesting one. Also, I have uh, one on perfectionism that's coming up in January. Um, yeah, so I got a few coming up. I have some other guests too that I've talked to, potential guests I've talked to, and kind of connected with them a little bit. Don't know when they're going to be on, but hopefully, I'll get more guests on this um, podcast. Anyway, you are listening to a path to new you. Have a good rest of the day, and until next time, be well.